0: well praise the lord everybody i am evangelist janice nelson and i want to welcome you to season two of broken vessels mended and whole a weekly women's bible study podcast today is sabbath sunday december 19, the year of our lord 2021 In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, when David wrote Psalm 54, he was friendless, having been betrayed by those who were loyal to King Saul who sought to kill him. How do you cope with being friendless and the insecurity or lack of trust and shyness that accompany it. In the Bible, we see different biblical characters who were without friends. One example in Genesis chapter 16 is Hagar. She was friendless, scorned by her mistress, and kicked out of the house by the father of her yet unborn child. Pregnant and friendless, she walked through a wilderness filled with pain and grieving for her lost, comfortable life. Hagar felt isolated and unloved. That is, until God called her by name. And she discovered that she had a friend that sticks closer than a brother. When we come back, we're going to study Psalm 54 also known as a psalm of betrayal, and see how David resorted to prayer, exercised his faith, and found himself singing a joyous song of praise after the betrayal of those loyal to King Saul who sought to kill him. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. Today we are looking at Psalm 54, also known as a psalm of betrayal. Our scripture reading is taken from Psalm 54 verses 1 through 7, and I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along with the scripture reading. Now reading from the book of Psalm chapter 54, beginning at verse 1, the psalmist writes, Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies, cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Ladies, the situation in which Psalm 54 refers to is found in both 1 Samuel chapter 23 and 1 Samuel chapter 26, wherein the Zephites betrayed David to King Saul, who sought to kill him. Both times, David escaped Saul's attempt on his life. But the circumstances of Psalm 54 seem to best fit the situation in 1 Samuel chapter 23. So let's unpack Psalm 54. This psalm is believed to have been written by David. And in verses 1 and 2, we see David looking to the name and strength of God. He says, save me, O God, by thy name. And judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. Now, if you are familiar with the character of David, you know that whenever he had a problem, he turned to God. In verses 1 and 2, David prayed, but just as important, David directed his prayer to the one true God who he had come to know through his study of the scriptures and by his own personal experiences. We see David in David's prayer just how important this is when David says in the first line of this psalm, Save me, O God, by thy name. So what do we mean when we say, save me O god by thy name i ask this question because whereas many christians do think of god as important many do not consciously think of the name of god as particularly important however old testament saints thought differently for them names were important they believed one's name summed up one's character and personality this is the reason why we find so many descriptive and symbolic names in the Old Testament. It is why we find significant events where God names Old Testament characters or one of these characters inquire after the name of God. By way of example, Jacob inquired after the name of God when he wrestled with him at the brook Jabbok. And Genesis chapter 32, verse 29. And he was then given a new name. Another example occurred when Moses asked God his name, when God asked him at the burning, uh, spoke, called him at the burning bush. You remember in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses asked, When I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, The Lord your father's The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? In verse 14, God answered, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. This second example is especially important to our text found in Psalms 54 because the name God gave Moses, I am, which also means Yahweh or Jehovah, usually translated to Lord in the Bible. And this is the name that David is appealing to in our text today. Notice that in verse one, David begins by saying, Save me, O God, by thy name. So that the name, the so that the name in the opening verse, I'm sorry, I, I think I got that wrong. I said um, Jehovah usually translated to Lord in the Bible, but that's not the name that David is appealing to. David is appealing to the name God so that the name in the opening verse is not Jehovah or Lord, but Elohim, the name of God in the second book of the Psalter. You remember that we touched on this briefly last week. You might remember that, you know, David going forward heightens the importance of the name by delaying it until verse six, where he says, I will praise the name, O Lord, for it is good. In verse two, David says, hear my prayer, O God. And again, in verse three, he says, for strangers are risen up against me and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. He is talking about men who have no regard for God. And we have talked about that word Selah and prior Bible studies. Selah is a Hebrew word found at the end of verses in the Psalms and has been interpreted as an instruction that calls for a break in the singing of the Psalm, or it means forever. Again, in verse four, David says, Behold, God is mine helper. So David is confident, and he is saying, Surely God is my help. Then he takes it a step further by introducing the title Adonai, which translated as Lord in the Bible. He says in verse four, the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. But it is not until we get to verse six of Psalm 54, that we see the name David appeals to in the opening sentence of verse 1. In verse 6, David says, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. O Lord is translated, O Jehovah, or Yahweh. This is important because the name Jehovah is so great and encompassing that there is nothing we can say or do to to do it justice. The name Jehovah is the root of the Hebrew verb to be, which explains why it is translated I am in the Exodus passage that I read earlier. And notice that I am is in the present tense and it reveals God's eternal presence. He is the one who has always existed, and who will always exist, unchanged. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Likewise, God's eternal existence encompasses his self-existence, meaning that he exists of and by himself, independent of any other being or cause. The great I am is not caused to exist by someone or something. No, he is self-existent. Further, God's eternal existence encompasses his self-sufficiency, meaning he is able to maintain himself without aid. In summary, self-existence means that God does not depend on anyone for anything. He helps those who call on him, but he has no need of help for himself. We oftentimes find ourselves in need of God's help, in particular when we are in situations where we seemingly have no way out and no solution to our problem. But our impossible situations or our impossible circumstances are not impossible for God. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. The opening prayer in verse 1 of our text actually sets the tone for all of Psalms 54. It is an opening cry of David who prays and asks Jehovah to rescue him from abandonment. His prayer has five parts. The first part of David's prayer is found in verse 2. David asked God to hear his lament. Now in John chapter 11 verse 42, when Jesus prayed, he said, I know that thou hearest me always. This was true for David. It was true for Jesus, and it is true for you and for me. God always hears our prayers because he knows all things and therefore hears all things. Nevertheless, it is good for us to ask God to hear us, as David did in our text when he said, Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. The very act of asking reminds us of who God is. Is And that there are things like sin and that even if they do not prevent God from hearing us, may in fact prevent God from responding to us when we ask something of him. This is why in Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2, God said through Isaiah, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. When we ask God to hear us, as David encourages us to do in our text, we should take the time to investigate whether or not there is any reason why God should not hear us. And if there is, we should confess the sin and or correct the situation. The second part of David's prayer is found in verse 3. David describes the situation he is facing. You know, sometimes we as Christians do not want to admit that we have a problem or that something is bothering us. We prefer to save face or keep up appearances, even when we are talking to God. David was not like this at all. He did not hesitate to describe his situation as he saw it. He said, for strangers are risen up against me and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Selah. In other words, I am being attacked by some ruthless people who have betrayed my trust to my enemy who is seeking to kill me. All of this is true, as we discussed at the top of our study, when I gave you the backdrop for this psalm found in 1 Samuel chapter 23. Saul was seeking to kill David, who God had anointed to be the future king of Israel, Saul's predecessor to the throne of Israel. David was very much aware that people who pretended to be his friend had betrayed him to Saul in the hope of securing favors with Saul. I'm sure some of you can relate to people pretending to be your friend, only to betray your trust later. Reminds me of Judas Iscariot, one of the original 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. He betrayed Jesus to the Sanhedrin in the Garden of Gethsemane by kissing him and addressing him as rabbi to reveal Jesus's identity in the darkness to the crowd who had come to arrest him. He betrayed him with a kiss by God. Judas's name is oftentimes used synonymously with betrayal or treason. So let me ask you, how many Judas traitors do you know? How many of your so called friends or brothers and sisters in Christ have betrayed your trust? Betrayal, especially by people who you care about and trust, hurts because it destroys your self esteem. I recognize betrayal as a gross violation of trust, which is devastatingly painful and magnified by a sense of vulnerability and exposure, and difficulty, and forgiving. Recovering from such betrayal and the depths of the pain caused by the betrayal can impact your life in a powerful way. And whereas it is difficult to forgive and get over, it is not impossible given enough time and under godly counsel. Nevertheless, keep in mind, that although God already knows the hurt and pain that you are enduring, it is good to spell it out to him and to remember that he cares for you. You are valuable, you are important to God, and he loves you even when traitors do not. The third part of David's prayer is found in verse 4. David encouraged himself by remembering who God is. He did not wallow in the pain of being betrayed, but instead took his pain to God, which is what we should do. Go directly to the throne of mercy and of grace and tell God everything. Remember that in verse three, as soon as David described his situation, in verse four, he spent time remembering who God is. He said, God is my helper the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Ladies, David is saying that God is his helper, the one who sustains him. And when we face challenges, we should remind ourselves of who God is. In first Peter chapter five, verse seven, the apostle Peter, Peter, who learned to trust Jesus rather than himself in all situations said, Casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Psalm 55 verse 22 is where Peter got that text from. In our text, David has cast his anxiety on God. And this is what verses 1 through 3 are all about. Having done this, David is ready to encourage himself and remembering that God is his help and has been sustaining him through trials and will continue to sustain him in his difficulties. We would do well to remember this and to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We spend, we cannot depend on others to encourage us, but knowing how great our God is and remembering that he is able should encourage and empower us. The fourth part of David's prayer is found in verse 5. David makes his request known to God. Specifically, David asks God to destroy those who are attacking him. You know, I am glad that I am teaching this lesson today because I used to think it was wrong to ask God to destroy my enemies, but I know now that it is not wrong, and I am going to pray like David prayed and ask God to destroy my enemies. Why not? Why shouldn't I? After all, God said in his word, vengeance is mine, which means the battle is not mine. It's not yours. It's the Lord's. Prayer, pray as David is praying in Psalm 54 and ask God to destroy your enemies so that they can stop coming for you. David is not graphic in verse five when he asked God to destroy his enemies. He simply says, he shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut. Them off in thy truth. In essence, David is asking God to recoil those who slander him and be faithful to him by destroying them. Now, some people have a problem with this. They believe that the New Testament has taught the believer better, and that we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you, according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. Forgiving one's enemy, not seeking revenge or vindication against those who are hostile towards you, gossiping about you, slandering you, assassinating your character, or out to kill you, as was the case with David and Saul, is a noble thing to do. And it is important to remember that when David had the opportunity He did not take justice into his own hands. In fact, according to 1 Samuel chapters 24 and 25, David spared Saul's life two times. However, this does not mean that we are to stop caring about righteousness or cease to pray for justice to be done by God. Finally, the fifth part of David's prayer is found in verse 6. And seven, David promises God a free will offering. Now, please do not misunderstand. David is not offering God a bribe. This is not off- an offering of. Uh, this is an offering of thanksgiving, promised by, God, promised to God by David in advance of his deliverance on the grounds of David's confidence that God is able to deliver him. He said, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. David has already declared in verse 4, Behold, God is my helper. He knows who God is. He remembers what God has done for him in the past. And although he may not have begun this psalm with confidence, having brought his burdens to God, he found his confidence. So that by the end of this psalm, David's trust in God was restored. Ladies, when David wrote this psalm, he was friendless. How do you cope with being friendless and the insecurity or lack of trust, shyness that accompany it? In the Bible, we see different biblical characters who are without friends. One example in Genesis chapter 16 is Hagar. She was friendless, scorned by her mistress, kicked out of the house by the father of her yet unborn child. Pregnant and friendly, she walked through a wilderness filled with pain and grieving for her lost comfortable life. Hagar felt isolated and unloved. That is until God called her by name, and she discovered that she had a friend that sticks closer than the brother. And our text David is betrayed, friendless, and on the run from King Saul, who sought to kill him. If you are feeling as friendless as Hagar was in the Genesis story or as David was in our text today, trust that when you resort to prayer and exercise your faith, you will find yourself singing a joyous song of praise just as David promised he would in verses 6 and 7 when he said, I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good for he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. This is the language of faith when we are faced with dangers as David was. David had defeated his enemies before, Goliath and the Philistines, and he trusted God to enable him to do it again. And yet, In this psalm, there is a sense that David prefigured God's great son, Jesus, who was the anointed king yet to come into the fullness of his kingdom. He came to rescue and lead God's people, and when he did, some among God's people betrayed him unto death. We can recall this psalm when we are betrayed, and we can easily see these lines—the lines from this psalm—in the mouth of Jesus praying to his Father, just as David did, and we should. Save me, O God, by Your name. Strangers have risen up against me. Behold, God is my helper; He has delivered me out of all trouble. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. Second, at Giblify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole. Third, via PayPal at Broken Vessels Mended and Whole at gmail.com. Or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check me out on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janis, J-A-N-I-S, Nelson today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, take good care, and may God continue to bless you.